Welcome to the podcast Gestalt Therapy Living Here and Now with Elizabeth Willa. Every month, Elizabeth takes you through an issue which she has come across in her Gestalt praxis, read about, or simply bumped into just living life. The topics are related to mental well being, existential questions, what makes your life meaningful, and also what makes it heavy. Every episode is designed around the same set of headline, which hopefully will make it easier for you to make sense of what you hear. You can read much more about Elizabeth and how she works on her website, willegestalt.eu. Hi again, and welcome to the third episode of Gestalt Therapy Living Here Now. This episode is about Gestalt Therapy in more general and broad lines, so no specific cases today. I often get the question, what is Gestalt Therapy? And I've also got it in connection with this podcast series, so maybe it's time to take a look at that. So today's figure is, what's Gestalt Therapy? Today I'll look a bit at where it comes from. I will look at some of the characteristics of Gestalt Therapy and what's a Gestalt experiment, as we call it. And finally, we'll have a look at uh, who can actually use Gestalt therapy. A lot can be said to explain Gestalt therapy, and I only have uh, these around 15 minutes. So use this episode as a first kind of introduction to Gestalt therapy. And of course, you're always welcome to come back to me with questions or comments you might have. You will find all my details on billigestalt.eu. Well, Very short, you can say that the aim of Gestalt therapy is awareness, and the tool we use is also awareness and then focus on contact styles. Awareness about yourself, of what happened and what happens around you, and how you manage contact with people around you. The Gestalt therapy I'm offering is the third generation of Gestalt therapy, not as expressive or confrontational as It might have been seen in the or known in the 70s. The Gestalt therapy today is built on existential values, like, for example, you are the choices you make. Well, you might have heard that before. And it's also based on phenomenology, which deals with the phenomenons in us and between us, both the ones we see and the ones we overlook. I'm sure you know the expression, the elephant in the room which nobody talks about, but which might control the communication in strange ways. Increased awareness on this might bring important insights. Gestalt therapy is not out to change you or anybody. It's out to help you raise awareness and through this, figure out what's important to you and what's not, and how to make contact in your relations without just turning on the autopilot reactions. The German psychiatrist Fritz Perls, who lived from 1893 to 1970, can be seen as the founder of Gestalt therapy. And I would like to mention his wife, Laura Perls, as well, since she influenced Fritz Perls with many of the elements we today use in Gestalt therapy. Elements like existentialism and also the work of Martin Buber on the concept of you and I and the meeting between you and I. How is this important? How is what's Gestalt therapy important? Well, a good question, maybe. 
When I started Gestalt therapy, I was looking into a survey by Jeppesen and Sørensen, comparing how different therapy methods work. Does it actually make a difference which method the therapist is using? So in my case, is it important to use Gestalt therapy or would any other therapy form also work? Actually, it could be a whole series of podcasts, but to make it short, it seems quite logical to be important that the therapist knows her method, the techniques well, and that the method is relevant for, of course, for the client situation. Furthermore, it's important that the therapist is convinced about what she does and about the benefits of the therapy. All of this seems to have more importance than which therapy form is actually used. So in this way, the therapist becomes the focus of attention. So in very, very short, you can say, find a good therapist who knows her shit. And because of this, I always say as one of the first things when I meet a new client, that if for some reason they don't really feel the therapy is working for them, don't judge going in therapy, just try another therapist. Well, in my practice, it has actually been important that it was gestalt therapy I'm doing because I experienced quite a few clients who came to me because they did gestalt therapy in another country and they wanted to continue with the same kind when they were moving to Luxembourg. In the beginning, I was a bit skeptical. I mean, I got my education in Denmark and they maybe took gestalt therapy in Poland or in Italy or in another country. And now we have to try and figure out how we can continue this work. But I must say that over the years, it's been great to experience that there actually is a lot of connection and correlation in what happens in different countries when we talk gestalt therapy. To further explain how gestalt therapy is important, let me sing a bit for you. Yes, bear with me in this, but here I go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to... How do you feel? Well, maybe horrible because I sang. But maybe also a bit, why did she stop? Where there is some kind of unfinished business with this birthday song. When we experience unfinished business in life, for example, a phone conversation where a person we talk to suddenly says, er, have to run and just hang up. Some of us will start wondering what happened. Some of us will think, did she get mad about what I say or am I talking too much? Some of us will think, I hope nothing serious has happened to her. What if somebody is in her apartments? Others will just think, okay, she's busy today. There are multiple possibilities of what might have happened. In Gestalt, we call such unfinished business an open Gestalt. Living with such an open Gestalt sometimes is unimportant to us. But often it's important to us. There is some kind of unbalance in the system. And as the old chemical engineer would say, everything, and here everybody, thrives towards balance. We want to make sense of what happens in our life. And sometimes we try so hard to find meaning in what happens or what happened in our lives. In Gestalt, we say that we are working on how to close the Gestalt. In the phone conversation mentioned earlier, We could call back later or we could write a message and simply ask. It's not always so straightforward to close the gestalt. Sometimes it's difficult to get in contact with people involved in unfinished business or the person involved might even be dead. And here comes different gestalt techniques or experiments into the therapy. 
it's called an experiment because there is no right and no wrong answer. Uh, what will happen will happen, and it is of interest. It's something we can work with. An experiment can be many activities, from a very subtle intervention like the therapist leaning forward to create a closer contact, or breathing deeply, which will often make the client breathe deeper and relax the nervous system. An experiment can also be something like what is known as the empty chair. In the empty chair, you can imagine that you can put a part of yourself or a person you have some unfinished business with, or even a feeling, for example, tiredness if you are tired for a very long period in the chair. When the chair experiment is set up, you can talk to the imagined person, part of yourself or you at another age and so on. It sounds a bit weird explaining it, but what it does is that it allows you to actually talk to instead of all the time just talking about. And this brings the client to use all three awareness levels. In short, this means that you are using your clever head, you're using your senses, as well as communicating using your feelings or maybe discovering which feelings are connected to whatever is in the chair. As mentioned earlier, Gestalt therapy makes use of phenomenology. We work phenomenon by phenomenon, and doing this also moment by moment. Therefore, all this talk about here and now. And I have noticed over the years that some clients are so full of talking about their childhood when seeking a new therapist. And for them, it's a relief to realize that Gestalt therapy can start where they are today, sort of at the here and now. Their problems are today, and we need to figure out how to deal with them today. So we can work with the present situation first and foremost. The past is only getting involved if the past is relevant for the situation here and now, which when we get to work or if we get to work for a longer period, it sometimes turns out to be. Well, this leads me to one of the other questions I set out to answer. Who can use Gestalt therapy? This question I actually discussed with some of my peers from the Gestalt Therapy Society Luxembourg. Gestalt therapist Una Mirkovic and psychologist Ivana Balova. Both gave valuable input. And as mentioned earlier, getting awareness about your contact styles is an important part of Gestalt therapy. So being able to have contact in the therapy is important. And because of this, people with psychosis where contact is not possible would be difficult to work with in Gestalt therapy. This might also be the case for people with, for example, severe alcohol or drug abuse problems. And can children use Gestalt therapy? Yes. With regards to awareness around emotions, sensations or thoughts, definitely. However, we would always recommend that you check the therapist's experience regarding working with children. A bit about what's gestalt in all of this. Well, a bit of a funny headline in this episode, since it's all about gestalt today. So short and sweet, and on to the next headline. Closing the gestalt. We are getting to the end of this episode, Gestalt Therapy Living Here Now. The figure of today, what's Gestalt Therapy, is a very big topic to cover in a short podcast. I gave you some of the aspects which are important to me 
in gestalt therapy, both in theory as well as practice. Should you have more questions or comments, you are, of course, welcome to contact me directly. And I can also recommend a few other podcasts, which gives a much longer introduction to gestalt therapy. For example, a really good one, the Social Work Podcast, Episode 9, Gestalt Therapy, or All Things Therapy, Episode with Dr. Irving Polster, Gestalt Therapy. Books are, of course, also a source of inspiration and input. I have found the following books very helpful regarding different aspects of Gestalt Therapy. Gestalt Therapy by Hannah Hostrup, A Mindful Way Through Depression, with awareness training by John Kabat-Zinn, and also Sexualité Amour Gestalt by Birgit Mattel. And you will find many, many more useful books in many different languages around if you Google Gestalt therapy. Finally, I would like to let you know that from now on, the frequency of the episode will be once a month. So next episode will be in May, when the spring is in full bloom. Thanks for listening and stay healthy. Thanks for listening to this episode. To make sure you never miss an episode, you can subscribe to the show via your podcast app of choice. Should you have any questions or comments, feel free to get in touch with Elizabeth Wille. You will find all the needed details on the website willegestalt.eu. Just a quick disclaimer. All case stories are anonymized and no clients directly quoted without prior written consent. And remember, any information you hear on this podcast, see on the Willy Gestalt website, Facebook page or Instagram, is for information purposes only and should never be a substitute for actual mental and or medical advice from a doctor, psychiatrist or any other health professional. 